read our scripture, but as I read this scripture, um, I want you to notice the artistry, even in this, um, this piece of, uh, of scripture. So I'm going to read from Genesis 1 and a little bit of Genesis 2. Um, and it's, if you're following, which you'll probably just follow up there. But um, so Genesis 1, 26 through 31. And you can close your eyes and you can kind of let your imagination um, flow um, as I read this. And, and kind of keep in mind the creativity of God, because that's what we're, we're talking about. So then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. God blessed them and he said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit and seed in it. They will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has breath of life in it. I give every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw, saw all that he made, and it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. And now from Genesis 2, verse 7. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. This is the word of God. Okay, so um, as we are talking about being creatives, being artists, I invited these two women because they identify in the world um, pretty strongly as artists. So I'm going to let you get to know them a little bit. But the first way I want you to introduce yourself to our congregation tonight and to those watching is how your name, so you're Jen and Mary, but how you identify as an artist. So if I was like, so what do you do? You know, how would you just kind of say what your art is? Whoever wants to jump in. Oh, so that's so funny that Every time someone asks me this, they're like, what do you do? Mm -hmm. I always have this brain fart or just like, where do you want me to start kind of mm -hmm. feeling. But I studied theater in college. Mm -hmm. So I am definitely identify as a performing artist all the way, mm -hmm. um, which you can relate to. And um, I, I also have a photography business. You all right? Oh, boy. And these, these stools are tricky. There's back. no question. Oh, they're a little tricky up okay. here. Uh, so performing artist, visual artist in the photography realm. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so mostly I'm a storyteller. Mm -hmm. I would I identify as a storyteller. Cool. So. Awesome. Hello. Good. There she is. There she is. <laughs> Hi. My name is Jin Lee Henley. I identify myself as a dance artist. Uh, yes, I am an artist. I do pretty much anything related to dance. It doesn't have to be related to dance, anything about living, uh, cooking, being mom and wife and friend and everything, mm -hmm. but my passion is dance, so I teach, I create, I support, I help people how to dance, how to help them to dance better in a sense way, because mm -hmm. most of people don't think that, oh, I am not a dancer, I don't have that rhythm kind of thing. So. 
Yeah, I'm a dance artist. Amazing. Okay, so now is the in the beginning question. So what, what moment or what story was how you came to identify as that? So when, when did you start to understand, oh, maybe I'm a creative, maybe I'm a, a theater artist, maybe I'm a dancer? So uh, I guess in me, with my blood, my identity, I just love one of those very active. Uh, growing up, my mom put me into piano class, but I hated it. Uh, I hated staying in a small, tiny piano room practicing, so I found a way how to cheat not go to the piano school, but you know, go to friend's house. But when I was really young, I grew up in a very small town in South Korea, but when I was really young, uh, I watched a TV drama. It was a French uh, special miniseries called Bolero, Love and Bolero. It was about World War II, and there was a dance in it, like, you know, dun, 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 dun. I don't know, those who know me, Bolero, and uh, also ballet in it. And that was so powerful. I wanted to be a ballerina, but there was no dance school. There's no such thing, dance academy in that small town where I grew up. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, you know, becoming older, moved to a bigger town, and finally found some uh, dance studios. But something unique thing about South Korea, we do have a dance classes, just like we have a PE and art music class uh, here, K-12. We do have mm -hmm. a dance class. That was the only thing. Um, but if I can share some of the stories that how I can believer as a dancer is that that growing up uh, became a dancer, uh, worked really hard because I didn't get to dance like growing up, but it was my own passion against my uh, parents' will. And same thing as being a Christian, uh, I kind of happened to fell in love with a pastor's son. And then he one day <laughs> invited me to church to be. Then I'm like, yeah, I'll go. If I can be with you, I'll go. So it was somewhere around late middle school. So scary. My daughter is late middle school, mm -hmm. like my daughter Lydia's age. Uh, <laughs> so that's probably the only reason why I stepped into myself into church. So my face was really shallow, and I thought that people are really weird. Uh, mm -hmm. There's, I'm, I was one of those people who make fun of you. Oh, those Christians, you know, mm -hmm. they are weird. How can a son of God can born in birth in Mary and all that is so myth and so ridiculous to me. Uh, then when I went to college, long story short, I went through a lot of economic, my parents and alcohol of abuse and all that thing. Uh, when I went to college, I met my professor, Kyungsook Park. Uh, she was a very, very strong believer, and she also had her own ballet company. And uh, she invited me to dance with her company, knowing that I wasn't really a spiritual girl, knowing that I wasn't really into the Christianity or church. But I started to dance one day. It was a really small church, something like this, very small church. And while my mind and my knowledge had no idea who real God is, Son of God, Jesus, and Holy Spirit, while I was dancing, I was on fire and the tear that I couldn't mm. control. So after that experience, because my body met Jesus first before my mind and knowledge understand, understood mm. who he was. Mm. So after that, 
I just couldn't deny I have to know who he really is. Mm. So that's how I became a dance artist. And then and now I call, I'm very proud to call myself. I use my talent and gift for the storytelling. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's powerful how, <laughs> yeah, right? Okay. The embodiment of the spirit happened for you before you understood. And I can absolutely even relate to that even now. Sometimes I'm drawn into this faith story, not fully understanding it all the time, but knowing that like being with us together, doing this thing is like some, God is telling me something in my body. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. Mm. So beautiful, I know. All right, Mary. I'm going to go from the beginning, I guess. Too. Yes, yes, please. Uh, I had talked to Sarah, Claire, and Jen a little bit about uh, a story of when I first dived into the theatrical aspect, but I think I was just always a peculiar kid growing up, and um, I would come up with random stories. Like, I, I was into Barbies and, and baby dolls, too, but I, I loved those treasure troll things. Does anybody remember those things? They were just these weird little... Trolls with weird hair, the belly button. Oh, yeah, and yeah, yeah. The jewel yeah, and the, the belly little button. little naked yeah. butts, you yeah. know, and I would oh, yeah. come up with all kinds of voices for them. Um, we, I'd make, like, you know, videos with them. And mm -hmm. I, I was just doing weird, bizarre character work from when I was just, like, a little mm -hmm. girl. Mm -hmm. And um, it just, it took me out of, of all the stress and all of the, the stuff put on me as a kid. Mm -hmm. I could kind of escape the hard times. Um, I went through a period of time where my mother was very ill and that was just like my escape mm -hmm. is I'd go and I'd create these stories in my room. Mm -hmm. And um, so I just felt like God provided that outlet for me mm -hmm. to just kind of dream on my own. Mm -hmm. And um, I didn't know that I loved being in front of a crowd until I was a little older. I, um, I actually was a shy kid uh, in, in front of people, I would be very shy. Like, the whole antics in my room, that's one story, you know? You get the mirror up in front of me and the stuffed animals I could put on a show. <laughs> but when it came to, like, in class, when the teacher would call on me or if people were talking to me, I'd, I'd shrink up, I'd get, mm. I'd stutter, I would feel nervous. Mm -hmm. I, I was terrified to do, like, mock trials that we'd have in class, like, getting up and doing a presentation. But not until high school, I, I was in love with literature from a very young age, and I loved storytelling, and I identified with God through his stories. My, my father would read the scriptures to me at night before bed almost every night. Mm. So I developed a relationship with Christ from a very young age because my parents gave me the freedom to have that relationship, and we weren't churchgoers. Mm. So I kind of was blessed because I didn't have all the heavy baggage that comes with, like, you know, controlling ministers sometimes, mm -hmm. or, like, people in the church judging you, or, like, pastor's kids, they always get you know, the hard times, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I was lucky to be introduced to the faith kind of on my own, mm -hmm. like in my own time. And um, when I went to high school, because I loved reading, you know, great books and Shakespeare, my English teacher was like, I'm going to offer extra credit if any of you want to perform a scene from Romeo and Juliet. So I was like, that's cool. And I tried it with one of my best friends, Jackie. And after that, it just kind of clicked. I was mm. like, I love bringing words to life. Mm. Words are powerful in and of themselves, you know, writing, reading, all of that. But to be able to convey it and bring it to life for people to enjoy in a different way mm. kind of lit me on fire. Mm -hmm. And she was like, you should be part of the drama club. And I was like, no. 
So I, I was very reluctant to do it, probably not until later on, like mm. junior, sophomore year. Mm -hmm. um, and I actually tried to not be in theater in college, and I just couldn't keep just away couldn't. from it. I do go through periods of time where I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. And then I'm, I'm like, okay, yeah, mm. I'm, yeah, I audition, and I do a lot of children's theater now. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, mm. it's been up and down and everywhere in between, but it's always been a passion of mine yes. to bring yes. a story to life. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, what has your art uh, taught you about vulnerability? That's kind of where we're going next. So you kind of laid us that foundation, and now we're kind of fast-tracking a little um, deeper in. But um, what has your art, being a creative, taught you about vulnerability? Go first. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, that's just a hot-button word in this community, isn't it? So I'm feeling vulnerable right now. Yep. So there you go. Great. Um, <laughs> Part of the process of putting on a production or even getting photography out there, any creative work, and I think this is true for life, not just for creatives, right. is there's always this tension of, are people going to like it? Am I going to be judged? Is this the best I could do? And a lot of the times, there's these negative attacks that we put on ourselves. You know, is this, is this the way it should have been done? Mm -hmm. um, and I always have this moment of before I put a work out there, like, oh, oh, better not do it, better run away. Like, there's this resistance that happens because mm -hmm. there, I mean, art is just so much about a lived, felt experience expressing that in some way. So you're expressing a lived, felt experience. Mm -hmm. And fear sets in, but I think that's with any kind of endeavor. I mean, you can talk to businessmen that don't identify as creatives or mm -hmm. businesswomen that are just like, no, I'm not, I don't have a creative bone in my body. And they'll always, you know, th we still have endeavors that we try to do. And I think what makes art a little bit different in the fact that it's scary in another sense is that it's kind of like your baby. It's like you're creating this, you're bringing mm -hmm. this personal aspect of yourself out there. And when you're a performance artist, you're not just hiding behind a name, you're out there. Mm -hmm. Like, this is me, like mm -hmm. here I am. <laughs> and that can be scary because no doubt there will be people that don't like it. Mm -hmm. No doubt there will be criticism. Mm -hmm. No doubt someone will be checked out, bored. Part of my fear coming up here with you guys was like, I don't want to bore anybody, mm -hmm. you know, or I don't want people listening at home to just be like, I don't know what these, I don't know these girls, who cares, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. so I think every time I do something or put myself out there, it's just always vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think there's a day where I'm, I'm like, yeah, I'm ready to do this. Mm -mm. It's going to be awesome. But then it comes mm -hmm. later, mm -hmm. like, oh, that was awesome. Or yeah, I'm ready. I'm, I'm working past the fear. Yes. yes. That's the creative process is just working past that fear. A hundred percent. Absolutely. I feel like that was echoed last week with our guys echoing it now. And it's, and again, it's like being a human. It's not just about what we're creating like art wise, but it's everything we're putting out there, you know? Yeah. Whew. For me, good. For me, vulnerability, um, I, to be honest with you, today, before I came here, I had to look up the dictionary because uh, English is my second language or third, fourth language. Uh, and I even asked my husband, 
can you define vulnerability for me? And then the, the, the Google says this, and he says that, and I feel like it should be this way. So I'm gonna just go with my own meaning. Mm. So because I'm an also performing artist, out of everything that I do, I like to do, love to do, I have to say the favorite part is being sharing performing parts. There is something about the magic on stage or mm -hmm. you do, sometimes you do make a mistake, but it's mm -hmm. okay. Um, and late, later in my age, all of my performing part has been becoming very related to worship. So my last experiences of performing arts is mostly worshiping and in the church or in the mission uh, places and things like that. Mm -hmm. What I have noticed is it's, it's really weird. Maybe some of you might uh, relate to that. If I, my life is going really hard time, I'm in the bottom, I feel so worthless, then the true, the vulnerable, the worst becomes real. But if, you know, living this life is always hard, but there are times that it's pretty good, not bad, nothing, you know, I haven't lost my job or my kid didn't get into trouble last week. Any, like, there are times they being good, then those times I have a very hard time being vulnerable and worship in truth. Mm -hmm. So I have learned that those times that I'm broken, I feel really worthless and in pain. I start to love those parts and start to love really who I am because I really experienced that that's the time that got really uses mean I don't have to fake it because before I became Christian I was just a performer mm. went to a lot of competitions it's, it's all about showing how good I am I have to be better than others to get the role and get the first place so it is hard still even now when I perform when you guys are worshiping earlier today I was in the back and dancing mm -hmm. and it's so good that nobody is watching I don't have to worry mm -hmm. about but I did record myself doing it sometimes I do want to watch how I did it but there's a freedom and I don't have to worry about impressing like you said impressing anyone pleasing anyone mm -hmm. but those times that I'm broken it's mm -hmm. truly it's very powerful for me mm -hmm. to share and I see and hear the witness of a power that you witness. I don't know if I answered yes, that. Yes, beautiful. That's my vulnerability. Yes, yes. The, in the brokenheartedness, it like exposes you more, which that kind of that definition or like a working definition of vulnerability is when you're being exposed, when you're not defended against so that you can be accessible. So you're saying when I am a little more brokenhearted, where the defenses are down, is when I can access that truth um, and then feel connected to the art, feel connected to God. And I would say like most artists, especially songwriters probably say like they write the best stuff when they're after a breakup, you know, or like when their heart's broken because it is something about that, like we're just raw, you know, and that is where God kind of can like really do some work there. Yeah. I have to brag about our little, I know you were going to ask about this maybe later. I am. About the Go Artist Way mm -hmm. group. Okay, so part of the story group thing we do at Providencia, many of you are familiar with it, but just in case someone isn't, um, it, it's a group, we, we assemble in groups, and um, we've done a different spin of one this semester with Robin, Hansel, and, um, sorry, I, sorry, sorry. Um, 
And so we have a group of artists that get together. They don't necessarily, not all of them self-identify as artists, but we're, we're taking this group and instead of just one person at a time sharing their personal stories, we're kind of um, using this book by Julia Cameron called The Artist's Way to be in touch with um, kind of going on a recovery of some woundedness that, that many of us have as artists or just, it's good for people too. It's not mm -hmm. just for artists. This book is like a recovery book disguised as an artist book. So we're going <laughs> through this, uh, we're on week three now. And one of the things she was talking about is the pain you guys were just talking about in the last chapter is pain teaches us to pay attention. And the gift of mm. an artist is um, the way you fill your well is mm. you learn how to pay attention. Yep. You start looking at the world and paying attention. Mm. And that's how we get inspired. That's kind of what fills the well. Mm -hmm. And so when, I mean, the best work is derived out of the deepest pain because vulnerability and hard times and heartbrokenness, mm -hmm. it, it, you can't help but look for things in the world, like look for the beauty in order mm -hmm. to survive. Mm -hmm. And um, so that's one of the gifts out of many things in the last chapter. But as we go throughout the chapters, there's, there's so much work to be done as an artist in um, just paying attention. And yeah. that's the gift that we can give to other people is to help them pay attention mm. uh, about what's happening around you and using your senses and feeling the experience that you're having. Um, and Robin does such a good job co-leading with me. Mm -hmm. I just feel like we both talk about how we need the group probably mm -hmm. the most. <laughs> so it's just been a really rich time mm. of doing that together mm. and talking about our pain and talking about our triumphs. And yes. Whatever. Oh my gosh. It's so special. I'm so glad that you guys have been doing that. And hopefully we're going to keep that group going throughout the years because it is so in line because so much of what we are being invited into is to pay attention to the pain, to the glory, to each other, to God, to listen. That's one of those things that we always talk about. Are we listening? Um, and even what Drew shared about, you know, Jesus seeing, he sees us, you know, he sees the vulnerable, the brokenhearted. Um, so, so in line, so good. Um, okay, we have two more points, I think. Here we go. Um, the, I wanna talk about creating and healing. So how um, you've experienced healing, which also can translate to sozo, salve, salvation, right? Um, how you've experienced that through your art. <laughs> go, Jen. I'll go first this yeah. time, yeah, sure. Um, I think when we met on Wednesday Zoom, uh, mm -hmm. it kind of, the conversation questions started with the when do you feel pleasure, right? Yeah, it kinda well, it kind of, that started, you know that um, Chariots of Fire quote where it says, when I run, I feel God's pleasure. So I, I shared that and I've related to that as an artist as well, but then Jen kind of spun it and that's where this conversation came out of. Yeah, and I remember, and uh, that actually question was a little challenging for me to answer because I'm trying to see what does pleasure mean, like why, when do I feel pleased and be pleasant? And only thing that I could think about was the healing, the, the p uh, power of the presence and healing. And uh, it kind of connects to also vulnerability as well. I remember 
one of the most pleasant or just healing moment that I could chew on over and over and over again was uh, years ago uh, when I was going through a very, very, very dark time and hard time. And some of you might be there or have been there, uh, hope that you don't get there, but you know, when you go through a dark time and you fall down and okay, you have a faith, okay, I'm gonna get up and try to do the right thing and you fall down again, bad thing happens again. And then you have a time that, well, you know, God, forget it, you know? I, you don't listen to me, I'm not gonna listen to you, I'm gonna start communicating with you. Those kind of time, then, you know, I get into farther and farther away from him and I sin more. Um, so back then, I was attending a Korean church uh, in Fort Lauderdale, and the whole uh, leadership knew what was going on with me. See, the body cannot lie. When I remember things and get yeah. emotional, the voice shakes and tear comes mm -hmm. out. It's beautiful. The body cannot yeah, lie. Yeah, body cannot lie. <laughs> Come on, yeah, I want to be cool as much as I can, but... Uh, and this is one of the reasons why I left God. Like I remember mm. telling him, I was so sick and tired of crying every night. I'm praying to God, please listen to me and help me. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, that feeling after that morning you wake up and your eyes are big and you're so exhausted and I'm so tired of praying. I'm so tired of crying. So I remember the moment I left God was... God, I was to pray and I'll really try my very best to come near you. Can you please help me to stop crying? Because I don't want to cry anymore. And that nice same thing, I, mm -hmm. you know, this and next morning, like this big face and so exhausting feeling. So, you know, all I wanted was not crying anymore. You didn't listen to me. Okay, bye-bye. Mm -hmm. So I went through that stage. And uh, the past the leadership of the church, when I was in the lowest moment and broken and most sinful, the pastor was the one who asked me, can you lead a um, just dance concert? Just 20, 30, 40 minutes, whatever the length you can think of. I felt very not ready, you know. I mm -hmm. didn't feel worth of doing it, but I did it anyway. And with uh, my beautiful dancers from PBA, I am always in love with them. Doesn't matter whether it was 10 years ago or now. Uh, God always sent us the angels. So with my PBA students, we choreograph Korean song, American song, uh, um, everything, and we perform. And, and of course, I made a lot of a mistake. And, but one of the photos that I have is the moment of the mistake that one day hanging in uh, mom and dad's refrigerator, Blake. Uh, <laughs> the mystic moment actually became a really beautiful moment. Wow. But that's the time that when I was dancing on stage, it was just so powerful and so vulnerable and his presence was there. And that healing was so powerful that I could never forget. Mm. And even after that, like months and years, if I think about that night, his healing is there. So I just want to add a couple more things that I'm appreciative of these leaders who are not judgmental, who is extending grace mm -hmm. towards others. Because if you know me back then, I probably would be the last one be on church, you know, singing and worshiping, you know, it's certain standard, but some beautiful pastors didn't care. 
they knew what is necessary and you know it was a power of grace that I was mm. able to uh, use and accept mm -hmm. and I still have the one of the best memories that healing is I'm gonna hold on to that forever mm. and I want to extend that invitation to my students and all of you whatever the arts you are in mm. Mm. thank you Jen mm-hmm mm. yeah I mean, yeah. I don't know what else to say. That was beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you have a, yeah, do you have a moment of healing? That you're something that, I yeah. I was thinking about that, I mean, that beautiful story. You shared a little bit about it when mm -hmm. we had our little meeting together, but, um, I don't have like any one story that was like, oh my gosh, I felt like God did a monumental thing or like I, when I needed it most, I was, you know, called by someone to create. But I do remember um, growing up, anytime that I would share like a spoken word piece or I would do something on the stage, the times where I felt like it was the worst, there was always someone randomly to come and say either it spoke to them or that I that I was gifted which mm -hmm. I think that you know it's hard to not compare yourself as an artist or even a human being with other people and I and I for a long time wouldn't identify as like a gifted performer because I felt like oh that's too vain or oh you know I don't want people to think that I'm better than them mm -hmm. because that that's the reality is that everybody's gifted in their own unique way and um, to kind of like own that too was like such a struggle, but actually not until very, I guess recently over the past couple years when I began to work on my own life mm -hmm. did I realize like I was holding myself back from owning the label that God gave me as a creator, as yeah. an artist, yeah. that it's safe to be an artist. And one of our basic principles in that book that we're reading together too is that it's safe. Mm. to call yourself creative. Mm. And from whatever held us back before from like owning that, that we are a creative work, you know, I just think of in a broader sense, um, and maybe this has little to do with like a healing story as much as it's something I, I've been thinking about, mm -hmm. is in a broader sense when we're, um, we are created, like our very breath, God mm -hmm. has given us breath, like we just read about yes. in Genesis. Mm -hmm. We are breathed in. We have life because God has created us. We can't help but participate in greater creativity mm -hmm. just by living. Mm. Like we are alive, we're here, we're present. We are, we are living in his great, creative, overarching, glorious story. Come on, girl. And like that's what I think of when I create too is like, oh my gosh, I get to co-create with God. Mm -hmm. Oh, we get to do this together, mm -hmm. you know, and whether we think we're creative, if we don't think we're an artist, if we could, we think we could never be like those creative people that are talking or whatever, like you can't help but be part of a creative work. Mm. You're doing it just by breathing. And, and nowadays it's kind of heavy because breathing is so dangerous, you know, mm -hmm. speaking of like the mask that I'm looking at mm -hmm. right now in mm -hmm. front of me, like breathing is a dangerous thing, but it's, it's happening. 
and it's unfolding mm -hmm. and things are being created, whether we like it or not. Mm -hmm. And we are part of a great overarching work of art, like as the universe mm -hmm. goes on, here we are, yes. we're part of this yes. work. We're, we're the installation, all of mm. us together, working together to make God look more beautiful and glorious. You know, right? Come like on. the Lord is, mm -hmm. when we take a step back and we see it's not just about us, like, yeah, we're individually creating, but it's all part of this huge mm -hmm. creative effort that the Lord is putting on display. Um, so when we start to feel small or too big, if we start to feel too big or too small, mm -hmm. like putting it in perspective that, yeah, we, we are creations and we, and we get to co-create. Mm. We get to be invited into that. And we're we're, we can't help but heal other people and ourselves in the process. It's happening. So. It's happening. Well, you know cool. I mean? Drop that mic. Great. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes. Um, such powerful words from both of you. Such truth. Such honesty. Um, thank you so much for being here um, and sharing with us. Um, the, you know, the thing that we really wanted you all to get from this series is that you are artists and that we are made in the image of God and God is an artist. Therefore, whatever you are creating, you are doing, you are co-creating with God. Um, so I hope that you feel that tonight. Um, I'm going to invite Keith up to do um, the communion, but before, wait, no, you can come. Okay. Um, but before, we're going to sing a song later called Canvas and Clay, which we've sang before, but Danny really beautifully fashioned the worship, worship songs tonight um, to reflect the artistry of God. I don't know if you've noticed that yet, but um, that's kind of what's been happening. And this, um, this song, I'm going to read you the lyrics just uh, as we, you know, continue in our worship, but to remember that... Um, even in the imperfections, even in the pain, even in the brokenness, God is still creating something. And then we get to co-create using grace and using redemption and using the brokenheartedness to um, create life, to create inspiration. Um, and so that is the invitation that we have as believers and as humans and as people connected to the life source of God. Um, but this song means a lot to me. And so I wanted to um, just read these last lyrics and as we worship together later kind of in response um, that it would feel maybe even more more personal to you um, so the lyrics are when I doubt it Lord remind me that I'm wonderfully made because you're an artist you're a potter I'm the canvas and the clay and I know that nothing has been wasted no failure or mistake because you're an artist and the potter and I'm the canvas and the clay. Um, so am I going to pray? I'm going to pray. Thank you, ladies, so much. Um, 